the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. All these things came together, the Greek language, the Roman peace, and the synagogues everywhere to prepare the world for the coming of Jesus Christ and the spreading of the gospel message. That's why Alexander is important. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son. In the fullness of time, at the perfect time in history, God sent forth his Son into the world. When all these things converged. The best chess players can see several moves ahead. Every movement of every piece serves a purpose in the overall strategy of the game. And when the time is right, the checkmate is delivered. All throughout history, God has been moving pieces into place. Generation after generation, everything came into alignment until the time was right to send Jesus into the world. Today, Pastor Dan shows you that history is God's plan playing out. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he never makes a wrong move. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Look at verse 4 again. The Lord will destroy her power in the sea. A peninsula over time has formed from the causeway that Alexander the Great built out to that island. So now there's just a peninsula that goes out to where the island of Tyre once stood. And that peninsula is a monument to this day of the truth of prophecy and the foolishness of human pride. To think that you would be invincible and that no one could ever conquer you as they believed. So look at verse 4 again. Look what it says. Behold, the Lord will cast her out. Speaking of Tyre. God will cast her out. God will destroy Tyre. But he used Alexander the Great in the Greek army to do it. God used a heathen king to accomplish his will. You know, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. That's a good reminder for us, isn't it? The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. God will use leaders to fulfill his plans. Even heathen leaders who don't know the Lord. And that's a comfort to us. Sometimes it looks as if no one's in charge of things, but God is in charge and God is steering things in this world according to his plan and according to his purposes. History is his story, his plan coming to pass. 
And so as you look at the world that we live in, and it looks like things are falling apart, things are not falling apart. Things are falling into place according to God's plan and according to his prophecies regarding the last days. The things we see happening in our own nation, the things we see happening in the world are setting the stage for God's plan. Now look at verse 5. Everyone believed Tyre could never be conquered, that it was invincible. So once Tyre fell to Alexander, the Philistines became fearful because they were next on the list. So verse 5, Ashkelon shall see it, see the fall of Tyre, and fear. Gaza also shall be very sorrowful, and Ekron, for he dried up her expectation. The people of Ekron expected Alexander to fail. So their expectations have been dried up. The king shall perish from Gaza, and Ashkelon shall not be inhabited. A mixed race shall settle in Ashdod, and I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. Alexander, he, after he conquered Tyre, he left Tyre, he marched his army down the coast, and he conquered these Philistine cities, and the pride of the Philistines was broken. It says in verse 6, a mixed race shall settle in Ashdod. Alexander would remove the people he conquered from their homeland and put them elsewhere in his empire so that the people would lose their national identity. And he would then resettle foreigners into the land of the Philistines. And that's what's described here, this mixed race now, living in the land and in the cities of the Philistines. Verse 7 says, I will take away the blood from his mouth and the abominations from between his teeth. But he who remains, even he, shall be for our God and shall be like a leader and Judah and Ekron like a Jebusite. The Philistines were, were pagan idolaters. They would eat blood with their sacrifices that they made to their idols. And this is one of the reasons why in the law God prohibits eating blood. Because he doesn't want his people acting like pagans and worshiping like pagans. But here the Lord says the idolatry of the Philistines will be cut off. The remnant in living in that area of the Philistines will be assimilated into Israel. It says he who remains, even he shall be for our God. So Alexander the Great, when he started out, he conquers the cities in Syria, Damascus. And he goes over to Tyre, and then he goes down along the coast and conquers the Philistine cities. Now, verse 8, here's what the Lord says. So all of this is going on all around Israel, these surrounding nations. And God says, I will camp around my house because of the army, because of him who passes by and him who returns. No more shall an oppressor pass through them, for now I have seen with my eyes. As God describes this campaign of Alexander the Great through the region surrounding Israel, God says he will camp around his house, that's the temple, because of the army, that's the army of Alexander the Great. He says, because of him who passes by and him who returns. Alexander passed by Jerusalem on his way down to defeat the Philistines, and then he returned back up to Jerusalem. Just as God describes here, very specific details he's got in this prophecy. Now, if Alexander would have gone a different route, we could read this and say, well, that's not exactly what happened. No, this is exactly what happened. 200 years before it happened, 
He's telling us exactly what will happen. And God promised here to protect his house, the temple, from Alexander. Now, here's the story. When Alexander was laying siege to the city of Tyre and building that causeway out to the island of Tyre, he sent a message to the high priest in Jerusalem. Josephus writes about this. He sends a message to the high priest in Jerusalem requesting that the high priest supply Alexander with food for his army. The high priest refused. Alexander the Great was furious. And so he determined to destroy Jerusalem as soon as he finished his conquest of those kingdoms along the coast. And so after Alexander finished with the Philistines, Alexander turned his army toward Jerusalem. And the high priest ordered the people of Jerusalem to fast and pray and entreat the Lord God for deliverance from Alexander and the Greek army. And the night before the Greek army arrived at Jerusalem, the high priest had a dream. And in his dream, the Lord told the high priest to decorate the city of Jerusalem for a celebration, open the gates of the city, and have all of the citizens, all of the residents of Jerusalem dress in white and go out and line the highway leading into Jerusalem and welcome Alexander the Great to their city. And when Alexander the Great approached Jerusalem, he was greeted by all these people lining the highway, dressed in white, cheering his arrival. And when he got to the gate of the city of Jerusalem, there stood the high priest, wearing his high priest's robes and his miter on his head. When Alexander the Great saw the high priest, he got down off his horse, and he walked over to the high priest, and he bowed down before him. Much to the astonishment of the Greek army, that their great king, Alexander the Great, would bow before this Jewish high priest. And his second in command asked Alexander the Great, why are you bowing before the high priest? And Alexander explained, he is not bowing before the high priest, but before the God that the high priest served. And Alexander went on to explain, it's really remarkable Alexander went on to explain that before he left Macedonia and began his military campaign through this Mediterranean region, that he had a dream. And in his dream, he saw the high priest dressed in his robes, urging him to go on this campaign. Alexander didn't know it was the high priest of the Jews, but when he saw the high priest at Jerusalem, he recognized him from his dream. And that's why he bowed before him. Well, then the high priest showed Alexander the Great the prophecies in the book of Daniel that describe the Greek empire. You guys were here for our Daniel study. You remember those. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the Daniel studies. In Daniel chapter 7, for example, remember there's the winged leopard, and it's describing the Greek empire. And the high priest showed Alexander the prophecies in Daniel describing the Greek empire and how the Greek empire will conquer the Persian empire. And Alexander, you know, once the high priest showed him these prophecies, Alexander went into the temple in Jerusalem with the high priest. He made a sacrifice and offering to the God of the Jews, to Yahweh. And then Alexander and his army left Jerusalem. And they didn't destroy Jerusalem or the cities of Judah. It's the only region Alexander left untouched in his conquest. 
And Alexander then went on to conquer all of the known world at that time. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. This is why it's important. You might be thinking, who cares about Alexander the Great? Why does this even matter to us? Here's why it matters. Because Alexander the Great helped to prepare the world for the coming of Jesus Christ. How so? Alexander unified the known world. And he spread the Greek language throughout his empire. So that Greek became the common language of the world. For the first time since the Tower of Babel, people all throughout the known world had the same language. Much like English is the common language of the world today. Everywhere you go in the world, you you typically find someone who speaks English. Well, Alexander made Greek the common language of the world, preparing the way for the New Testament. Your New Testament was written in Greek. Because that was the language that everyone spoke. And then after the Greek Empire came the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire built a system of roads throughout the world. And they brought peace and stability throughout the world. Known as the Pax Romana. The Roman peace. And for the first time, people could travel throughout the world freely and safely. Making it safe to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus you had Jews that were dispersed in cities all over the known world. And everywhere the Jews went, they built synagogues. And they taught the scriptures in these synagogues. So you had religious communities who knew the scriptures in every major city in the known world. And all these things came together. The Greek language, the Roman peace, and the synagogues everywhere to prepare the world for the coming of Jesus Christ and the spreading of the gospel message. That's why Alexander is important. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son. In the fullness of time, at the perfect time in history, God sent forth his Son into the world. When all these things converged and conditions were perfect, And God will send his son into the world again at just the right time. Now look at verse 8 before we move on here. He says in verse 8, at the end of the verse there, No more shall an oppressor pass through them, that is, pass through the land of Israel. So this is looking ahead, really, to the kingdom age when Christ returns, because we know that oppressors continue to pass through the land of Israel. We know also that Israel will be oppressed again in the future. The Bible tells us that during the tribulation period. And so all of that, everything I just told you, as confusing as it was, all of that now brings us to verse 9. And one of the best known prophecies about the coming of Jesus Christ. And it comes after this prophecy about Alexander the Great coming to Jerusalem and the people lining the road leading to Jerusalem and cheering 
his arrival to Jerusalem. Then in verse 9, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. He's lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. In contrast to Alexander the Great, Jerusalem, your king is coming to you. Your true king is coming. And if God can use a pagan king like Alexander the Great to judge the nations and save Israel, how much more can God use their true king, the Messiah Jesus Christ, to judge the nations and save Israel? That's what he's saying here. And he says, shout and rejoice greatly when he comes. Celebrate his arrival into your city, Jerusalem. He is just, meaning he will rule with justice. He will rule with righteousness. Righteousness will characterize the rule of Jesus Christ. Now, when you think of leaders today, when you think of politicians today, does the word righteousness come to mind? Probably not. Well, Jesus will rule the world with righteousness. Rightness. Justice. And he will have salvation. He will bring salvation for his people. Remember, the angel told Joseph to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Jesus the king, he came to seek and to save the lost in his kingdom. He came to rescue the people of his kingdom. Now, he will also bring political or military salvation to Israel when he returns at the end of the tribulation period. He will rescue or save Israel then. Also for us, not only does he save us from sin and the penalty of sin, the Bible teaches us that he's going to save us from the wrath that is to come upon this earth in the tribulation period. Just a couple verses for you. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. So for those who eagerly wait for Jesus Christ to come a second time, if that's, are you eager for Jesus to come? I am. Well, he's going to come a second time for salvation, to save us out of this world and to take us to heaven. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. The Bible says, comfort one another with these words. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I'm going to come back and I'm going to save you. I'm going to bring salvation to you, not just saving you from your sins or the penalty of your sins or the power of sin. But I'm going to save you out of this world. And save you from my wrath that is to come upon this world. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will come and take us from this world and deliver us from the wrath that is to come during the tribulation period described in Revelation chapter 6 to 19. So he's just. He comes having salvation. And then look what it says again in verse nine. And this king is lowly. He's lowly. He's humble. He's meek. Unlike any earthly king, 
You know, the only autobiographical statement Jesus ever made of himself is found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, where Jesus said, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And this king comes not not on a stallion or a chariot, but a donkey. He doesn't come with great pageantry and pride and self-promotion. He comes with humility, lowly, and riding on a donkey, a beast of burden. And he's riding on a beast of burden because Jesus came to bear the burden of our sins for us on the cross. Be our sin bearer. Isaiah 53 says he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He came to bear the burdens of your sin. That's why he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is why he came. It's a different kind of king. And of course, this prophecy here in verse 9 is fulfilled in what we commonly call Palm Sunday or the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, which is recorded in all four Gospels. Matthew's Gospel and John's Gospel quote Zechariah 9.9 and tell us it was fulfilled by Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on his way to the cross to die for the sins of the world and to be resurrected. And as you remember the story in the Gospels, as Jesus made his way into Jerusalem on a donkey, you know, the crowd cheered and they received him as their king. And they began to quote Psalm 118, saying, save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The phrase save now in Hebrew is Hosanna, Hosanna. The people were crying, Hosanna, save us now. Why were they crying that? Well, the king has come. And Zechariah says he brings salvation. So Hosanna, save us now. Bring this salvation to us. Psalm 118 also says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This day, this particular day, the Lord has made. What day? This day when our king comes to us. To save us. It's a specific day. The day that the king comes. Into Jerusalem riding a donkey. Now there's a remarkable prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. That gives us the exact day the Messiah would come into Jerusalem. Daniel chapter 9 verse 25. Again I encourage you go back and listen to that. If you're not familiar with that prophecy. But it gives us a specific day that the Messiah will come and Jesus presented himself as king on this day, the day that the Lord has made. And it's the only time in his ministry that Jesus received the worship of people, right? Remember everywhere else he, he, he slips away from the crowd, right? When they want to make him king, he, he gets out of that situation. But on this particular day, he presents himself as the king of the Jews, fulfilling this prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9. He allows the people to worship him as the king. He doesn't stop them. This is the only time he doesn't stop the worship here. He asked me how I 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, one of the Old Testament books of prophecy. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. God's Word can speak to you in a variety of ways, and it can reach you in a personal way too. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. You'll also notice a tab for giving and a tab for serving opportunities. Make sure to check those out and think about being a part of this ministry and the church as a whole. If you have questions, please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Or feel free to connect with us through our website. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.